Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. We can find purpose for life and we can live life on purpose. And you know, as a pastor, uh, coming into that place of finding my purpose, there's nothing more exciting than to see how lives are changed as a result of what I do. And one of the things that I do is that I preach the Word of God. And it changes people's lives. And so it reminded me of these two guys. Uh, they were both pastors and they were talking back and forth. And they lived close to their churches. And, and the one guy said, hey man, somebody just blessed me with a bike to ride into church. And he's like, really? He said, yeah, it was such an awesome blessing. And so uh, they would meet every week for lunch or something and just kind of talk about their Sunday services. And so uh, this one particular day they got together for lunch and the one pastor that received the bike, he said to the other pastor, he said, listen, he said, you'll never believe it. He said, somebody in my church stole my bike. He said, are you serious? He says, yes, I know somebody in my church. They stole my bike. And the other pastor says to him, I'll tell you what to do. I I know exactly what to do. He said, next week when you get into church, he says, you preach on the Ten Commandments. And he says, when you get to that place where thou shalt not steal, he said, you preach it with fire. He said, you preach it vehemently so that they feel the smoke and the brimstone of hell. that That they're so guilty because of this, the message that they will just bring the bike back. He's like, okay. And so the next week they got together for lunch again. And that pastor that got his bike stolen, he come riding in on his bike. And the other pastor says, hey, you got your bike back. And he says, yeah. He said, did you do what I told you to do? And he says, well, you kind of, sort of. He goes, well, what do you mean? He says, well, he said, as I was preaching, he said, I got to that place in the Ten Commandments where it says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And I remember where my bike was. I love it when the word of God begins to change people's lives. Amen. (laughs) And there is purpose. And I love it that as a pastor, I have the opportunity to help people find purpose. And in finding purpose of life, you can find joy. Everybody say, I can find my joy. Have you ever felt like you lost your joy? Well, you can find joy in finding your purpose. And here's the thing. We often think or look at finding purpose as one day I will discover it. One day I will find my purpose. But the way that God designed it is is that every day is a day that I can walk out the purpose of my life. And it is a journey of growing in purpose. It's not about trying to get there or to achieve it one day. It's about walking each day with the intent that I've got purpose for life. Everybody say it with me. Say, I've got purpose. Amen. God's got a reason for you to live. And when we see in the scripture, just to review just for a moment, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it said this. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so we saw there in that scripture that the Bible says that we can be overcomers, 
that we can be victors. And that is how God ordained it and desire for us to live this life. And he said those that are followers of Christ are those that have been uh, 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 born of God. Those are the ones that can overcome and find victory and success for life. But here's the thing. We saw last week that the definition of that scripture or, or one translation says those that have been refathered by God find victory and shall overcome. And so many times we are living this life in the shadow of who we were. We're living in the shadow of who our daddy was. Well, maybe you had a bad background, bad upbringing. Maybe your past isn't so pretty. But when you receive Christ into your life, the Bible says that you were now refathered by God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that when you receive Christ in your life, it says, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Man, aren't you glad that you can have a brand new start with God? You can have new beginnings. And every day that you wake up, it's a day to experience a new, fresh start with God. Now, the interesting thing about that is that oftentimes... When we receive God, when we first come into that relationship with God, when we receive Jesus, it seems like it's so exciting. Like that song that we were just introduced with, I just feel like dancing. And I find it funny, not funny, but it it really, it's cool. In the fact that once we receive Christ, when somebody makes that decision to follow Jesus... That all of a sudden the the chains have been lifted. There's a freedom that comes. There's a joy that fills our heart. All of a sudden we see life differently and life becomes good. People enjoy coming to church. People like hanging out with their pastor and listening to him talk. (laughs) When they first find Jesus. But it's interesting that as time goes on. The newness wears off. Did you ever realize that with everything? I mean, you buy a brand new car. And it's great for the first month. And then you find out that it's work. And it needs maintenance. And it needs to be cleaned. It needs to be washed. It had a new car smell. But now it starts to smell like something different. Because you got the baby with the poopy diaper in the back, right? It starts to wear off the newness. Babies, for that matter. I mean, how many of you have gotten to the point where you're ready to give them back? Right? I mean, the newness has wore off a long time ago. (laughs) When you first get that baby and they come home, it's just like, oh my goodness. You just want to eat them up. oh, Oh, they smell good. And then like I said, the newness wears off. And we begin to discover that anything that's worth achieving, worth experiencing, it takes an effort, Right? And to keep it lively, to keep it fresh, it takes a little bit of effort. But so oftentimes we find ourselves walking with God and we're so excited when we receive Jesus or we come to a new church. It's like, God, this is awesome. And then it starts to get into this area where we start feeling the pull of life in other areas. We start to get pulled into different areas of our life. And here's the one one thing that I found interesting when it comes with God. And really just the season that the church is in is that there is 
a, a, a season of awakening within the body of Christ. What does that mean? That there is, a, there is an alertness that is beginning to stir. That people are beginning to grow hungry for God and wanting to know Him and wanting to be where God's doing things. But let me ask you a question. What's one of the first things that you do when you wake up? Obviously, there's typically the first thing you do. But beyond that first thing. Well, typically what you do when you first wake up is you get cleaned up, right? You get cleaned up for the day. And it's something about God that when he starts moving in our life and this awakening of this relationship with God, that God starts helping us get cleaned up in our life, right? Start treating our wives better, our kids better. We start living more pleasing to God. Does that make sense? And that's where God is taking us and where God is leading us. But again, we see from last week in Romans chapter 4, starting at verse 12, it says, concerning Abraham, it says that the father of circumcision to those who will not only are of the circumcision, but also who walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. So we saw last week that the Bible said to us that there are these steps of faith that we can walk out. So in other words, how is it that I, I keep the excitement with God? How is it that I continue this joy or this journey of joy? Well, there are steps of faith that I must walk out. And the Bible says, walk in these steps. So he makes it real clear to us that there is something tangible or something, if we, for the lack of a better word, there's a formula. If you'll do this, you'll find that you have success. Right? How many of you have found in your marriages that if you'll just purpose to walk in love towards your spouse, you get good results? Right? Well, it's just a no-brainer. Well, how about if you act like a jerk? What's the results going to be? It's not going to be pretty. Right? And so obviously, the Bible says that there are steps that will create success. And the Bible says that Abraham is the father of us all. So in other words, he says, learn from your father. Or learn from the example that was set before you. You can begin to walk in these steps and find success. Well, what was the steps that he walked out in faith? If we, if we recall, last week we talked about the fact that Abraham had a desire for a son. Right? He had a desire for a son. And God came to him and says, listen, that thing that you desire, I'm going to fulfill in your life. And the Bible says that Abraham counted God faithful to perform that which what he said. He said, I did consider my own body that I'm almost 100 years old and Sarah's womb is dead. He said, I trusted God and believed God to be faithful. In that is a lesson, and that is, is that the desire that you have in your heart connects you with your destiny. The passion that you have on the inside connects you to purpose. Abraham's desire, Abraham's passion was to have a boy so that he could have a family. And in that passion, in that desire, connected him with purpose and destiny of life. Are you seeing that? And so God is wanting us to find our purpose. He's wanting us to find our desire fulfilled. And in that begins to lay out the journey of our lives. So, 
concerning that. What's stirring in your heart? What's the passion of your heart? Well, I'll say this. If God said that we are to walk out in the steps of faith as our father Abraham did, and his purpose ultimately was not only to build his family, but to build the family of God. So, if we're to walk in those steps, then everything about our lives as a believer should come to the conclusion that my purpose is to build the family of God. Are you here this morning? Now, you might be here this morning and you say, I don't know Jesus. And in not knowing Jesus, I've been walking around struggling all my life. Well, then you're in the right place at the right time to find out that God has purpose for you. One, He wants you to be a part of the family, and then He wants you to help grow the family. And in that is purpose for life. Now, for most, this is for believers and unbelievers. But for most, they equate purpose and success With natural things. Well if I just have some stuff. If I just have some status. If I just have a career. If I can just make a difference in some some people's lives. In one way or another that benefits me. I've found success and I've found purpose. But that's the wrong way of looking at things. Because God didn't ever say that stuff and status and substance gives you purpose. In fact, when we look over in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse, I think, 25-ish, somewhere around in there, the Bible says that God knows all that you have need of. He said those that are not followers of Christ, that don't walk with God, they desire everything that everybody else does. And he says, but as children of God, God knows what you have need of. He knows that you have need of a house, clothes to put on your back, food to put in your mouth, And substance for life. I know that you have need of those things. But he says this. He says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those things that you seek after will just naturally be added to your life. So God says, if you'll just walk with me, if you'll just be a part of my family, if you'll diligently be faithful to serve me, he said, I will see to it that you have everything that the world thinks is success. Now, how many of you know that's a little bit of a faith walk? Sure it is. But nevertheless, that's what God said. He says, I'll take care of you. But the interesting thing that I found in there, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That word righteousness means rightness with God or the right way of doing things. Huh. So that sounds a whole like what we a lot like what we saw in Romans 4 where he says walk in these steps. And if you'll walk in these steps, the promise will be sure. So in other words, seek God, seek to do things God's way, and when you do, You'll have everything provided for you and taken care of. Well, if that is the case, what's left for me to begin to step into my God-given destiny, the purpose for my life, and that means I can be about building the family of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I love my kids. 
I love the family that God has given me. I get tickled when I get around my kids because every single one of them have a different personality. And I was sitting at the table the other day. I can't even remember what we were doing, but my son was doing something. And it was just a look that he had. And he was just being silly. And it was cracking me up. He wasn't trying to do it. It was just something about his personality. It was making me laugh. Right? Well, that's a joy of being a father. That's a joy of having a family. And as having a purpose in my life, I get to build that family for God that has all different kinds of personalities. Now listen, some of you have some interesting personalities. And sometimes your personalities rub me and rub your neighbor. And so just let me know, or let let me let you know, sometimes you rub God because of your personality. But aren't you glad that God loves you in spite of your personality? I make fun of that because I've got one of the most unique personalities ever. Just ask my wife. She's like, yeah, I tell you what, man, I tell you. And I'll be the first to tell you that my personality sometimes really aggravates God. Because I can be stubborn at times. But nevertheless, he still loves me. And he still says, I want to use you to build my family because you've got purpose. And if you recall, remember we looked at this a couple weeks ago, I believe, where, where the Bible says that when he made man, he says, now you be fruitful and multiply. Build my family. So right from the very beginning, that was the purpose for life. If you want to find joy for the journey, begin to build the family of God. And you might say, I don't know how to do that. Then just begin to grow in your relationship with God. Start at home. Start with your kids. Just help them know God. The world does this, and it's right under our noses. I was watching the latest installment of Star Wars. What is it, Rogue One? I thought it was going to be good, and I was actually kind of bored. I'm sorry if you, if you like that movie. I always like Star Wars. But here's the thing. I watched it on, I think, Netflix. And within the first five minutes, the enemy comes... And, and takes away the, the one guy and his child, he says to his daughter, he says, now you run and you go hide. But before she runs and she goes and, and hides, the mother says to her, be careful, you know where to go. But she said, trust the force. Well, if you know anything about Star Wars, you know, may the force be with you. It was all about the force. And right in the opening dialogue of Star Wars was the statement, trust the force. That's what our, our motto ought to be as, as moms and dads. As trust the force. Trust God. Trust His love. And at a little age, t- tell them, trust God. Because we're building the family. Right? And so God has purpose for every single one of us. And he says, walk in these steps. Build my family. Now, in regards to Abraham, we see that God highlighted in that portion of Scripture in Romans chapter 4. He says, man, Abraham, you were a faithful guy. You trusted God. You trusted God to be faithful. You consider not your own body. And that was just showing a portion 
of the journey of Abraham. It didn't highlight the whole journey of Abraham. Because if you know anything about the story of Abraham, even though that God made him a promise that he was going to have a son and that he was going to build the family of God, do you recall there was a time where they started getting frustrated? They started struggling a little bit. And Sarah says to Abraham, she says, you know, we've got a servant here, Hagar. Why don't you take Hagar and have a child with her? And his husband, you know, her husband says, okay. (laughs) No strings attached. All right, man, free pass. That's not what I was saying there, no. (laughs) But he goes ahead and he does it. And they have a son by the name of Ishmael. And that son was a thorn in the flesh. It was a burr in the saddle. It was a source of contention. It was a source of frustration because it was not the desire and the will of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Because... Whenever we choose to get restless and step outside of the plan and the purpose of God for our life, we'll start being pulled. And listen, if you've walked with God any length of time, you can sense when you're getting pulled different directions. And the reason that you're getting pulled is because you're being set up to have an opportunity to make a decision, rather to have an Isaac or to have an Ishmael in your life. If you'll choose to walk out the purpose of God for your life, it will be the perfect plan of God. It doesn't mean that you won't have bumps along the way. It just means it's the perfect plan of God for your life that builds purpose for your life. But if you'll choose to get pulled over here into the gray area of life, you'll give place to Ishmael's in your life. And one of the biggest parts of the frustration was the comparison. Sarah kept comparing herself. Well, how come I can't give you... Give you a family yet. And every time she saw that boy, I wish I could do that. And it always produced a frustration because of comparison. And I'm telling you, if we don't keep focused into the purpose of what God has called us to, into the place called there or wherever it might be, there will always be times for comparison to pull you into a place of having an Ishmael in your life, whatever that is. Maybe it's a man, maybe it's a woman. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a church. Whatever it might be, we want to be where God's purpose and God's plan is. And whenever we give place to an Ishmael in our life, it messes with your identity. Remember last week we talked about identity? And that's what we're talking about today is finding purpose for my life. When I find my purpose, I find out my identity. What God's made me for. And whenever I choose not to walk in the purpose of God, it messes with my identity. Can you say amen? Amen. So, what's my purpose? As a follower of Christ, what is my purpose? We saw it there. Walk in these steps, and that is to build the family of God. Not to get the career. God will see to it that the career comes. Not to get the stuff. The stuff will come. When I walk in my purpose, God will see to it that all these things come to pass. Jesus said it this way. He said, go and make disciples. Or in other words, make followers of Christ or build my family. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, the Amplified says it this way. Jesus speaking again. He said to them, follow me as my disciples 
accepting me as your master and teacher and walking in the same path or steps of life that I walk. I will make you fishers of men. So notice what he said. He said, walk in these steps. Walk this path. And I'll make you to become fishers of men. In other words, we'll begin to develop purpose in your life. Aren't you glad that God doesn't wait for you to develop and grow and mature and be all that in a bag of chips before he says, I can use you now. He says, no, I'm going to use your ragtag, beat up, messed up around the edges. He says, because you've got things in you. And I'm going to make you to become. I'm going to help you become everything that God has desired for your life. Now, talking about this identity and finding purpose, I shared with you last week that my wife or our family, for that matter, we, we, we went on a, a vacation. The first week, we just hung around the house and we laid around the pool. And as a result of being around the pool, man, I started getting some sun. And I don't know if you're like me, but I, I feel like I look better when I've got some color. I'm like, wow, I mean, I've got, I've got a tan going on. I'm looking pretty good. Now, it's a horrific farmer's tan, I'll tell you that. But at least my face was brown, you know? And so, as a result of trying to preserve my identity, I went into the drawer in the vanity and I saw some oil of olay. I thought, oh man, that's good stuff. So I got that, I slathered it up all over my face, thinking, well, I want to preserve my tan to keep me looking as good as I can. And so the next day, and I'm out by the pool, and I'm thinking, well, you know what, you know, before I get out in the sun, I'll put some more oil of lay on my face. And I smeared it all out there, and I went out and got some more sun. And at the nighttime, I noticed that my face was kind of burning a little bit. And I'm thinking, well, man... You know, my face has already had some color, and I, later on I put some sunscreen on. I thought, man, I, I can't believe that I, I'm burnt, and I got burnt like that. And then the next day came, and in the corner of my nose right here, I'm thinking, man, I must have not put any suntan lotion there or something, because like the corner of my nose is like on fire. Well, then the next week came, and we went to Michigan Adventure. Well, we're out at Michigan Adventure, and we're out in the sun all day long. And I think, I'm going to get some good sun this time, you know. Well, before we went out there, I put some oil of lay on my face again, and I slathered it all up. And, and we're out in the sun. And, and then at a certain point in time, I put some sunscreen on. We got back to the room later that night. And then the next morning, I woke up. My nose was a little pink, and my forehead was a little bit pink. But I, I wasn't, like, red. But my face was on fire. I'm thinking, dear God. So I got some more oil of lay and I slathered it on my face. I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on, but man, my face is on fire. And so we got done with the, 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 the vacation. We came home. I came to the church. I started cutting grass. I'm thinking, man, my face is on fire. I got to put some lotion on. So I put some more oil of lay on my face and I'm out cutting grass. And the next day I woke up. I mean, my eyes underneath, my eyelids, my under my eyes were like beet red, swelled up. I mean, I looked like I was 90 years old because it was just so, uh, I mean, it was my, and my, my skin, my skin was starting to like scab up, not just peeling. It was like a big scab on my face and my my face is on fire. And I didn't say anything to my wife, but I'm starting to think, dear God, what's happening? Am I getting like sun poison or something? Because I, this isn't right. And then the next day I come into the bathroom 
And as I'm getting ready for the day, in fact, I, I think I got ready and I came back in and I thought, well, I'm going to get some stinking oil of Valet. I'm thinking, what is up with this stuff, you know? And I start to put the oil of Valet on my face and, and she says to me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm putting some lotion on my face. She goes, that's not lotion, that's soap. So for a week and a half, I was slathering my face with soap and it was burning my face off. And it started messing with my identity because the tan that I had was like scaling off. What's the point in that story? Is that it looked like moisturizer because of the name. But because I didn't pay pay attention to it, it started messing with my identity. Are you here? And if we're not careful, the enemy will bring things along your way that looks like the right thing, that you think it's the right thing for your life. It's the right relationships. It's the right friends. It's the right thing here and there. People will pull you here, pull you there. And before you know it, you'll get yourself put into a place where you're out of the will of God because it started messing with your identity and you're no longer walking in your purpose simply because you got pulled by an Ishmael. Are you here this morning? See, we've got to pay close attention because there are things that will pull us and lead us into different directions. And all we have to purpose to do when we find ourselves in that place of frustration. Why do we get frustrated in our lives? You say, well, it's because I want to find purpose. We've already identified purpose. We've got to get off the merry-go-round Of indecision. Now. Bear with me. I don't have my. What's the time? Let me see what time we got. Oh. You're good right? It's a rainy day. You weren't going to do anything anyways. No. I won't take take a whole lot longer. But here's the thing. Now please hear me right. I'm not getting on a soapbox. And I'm not being critical on it. But I, I see and I hear this at different times. And that is. Is that. People are looking to find purpose. And as a pastor, I hear this and they say, Pastor, why don't we do outreach? And, and, and because of what we do or don't have, we start looking for things to fulfill this itch on the inside for purpose. Does that make sense? Now, now, hear me right, because I'm not saying this is every situation. I'm just saying that there's opportunity for this to happen. That because oftentimes when we have this past and we don't really identify with our new identity in Christ, understanding that we've been refathered, we begin to look at the past and we start to try to make penance for the things that we did in the past. The hurts, the guilts, the shames, and therefore we start to try to do things to make me feel good about myself. Because I feel guilty about the past. If I understood my true identity in God, I would understand that my past is removed. And therefore, all I have to do is step into the purpose of my life. And I don't have to try to perform to make myself feel better. All I have to do is step into the purpose of God and say, God, help me build the family of God. Now you say, well, how does that begin and how does that start? Every Sunday morning is an opportunity for you to experience outreach. 
Now, I'm not discrediting. And as a church, we've got to get better with that. Please know that. But every Sunday morning is an opportunity for purpose to happen. Every Sunday morning is an opportunity for there to be an experience to experience purpose for my life and build a family. Right? But here's what happens. We get on the merry-go-round. And you know a merry-go-round goes round, right? And as it comes around, it's Sunday morning. I experience Jesus. And man, I get all excited. I find that there's something stern on the inside of me. And then the merry-go-round starts to go around and I lose sight of purpose and the excitement. But then all of a sudden I come back around. Oh, it's Sunday again and I experience purpose again. And that's in part how God wanted us to come together in church to stir that up. But here's what oftentimes happens. I'm on the merry-go-round, and it's Sunday. I need to get filled up, and I need to get, oh, I'm just so depleted. And I get a little bit of a fix, but the merry-go-round isn't just a quick one. I mean, it's been week, days, it's been months. And man, by the time I get around to a Sunday again, man, I am so depleted and frustrated and struggling with life. And I get here, oh, yeah, you're telling me that church is supposed to be fulfilling in my life. Woohoo! And then all of a sudden I go around life again. And man, it's been days and it's been weeks. And all of a sudden I come back around again. And I'm. <laughs> oh, you want me to give money, huh? <laughs> and then. And you keep going on this merry-go-round and the longer that you get on the merry-go-round and the longer that it takes you to come around to get into your face to find purpose, the more frustrated that you become because you begin to lose sight of your identity. You lose sight of your purpose. Let's just choose to get off the merry-go-round. And let's just look face-to-face with purpose. And let's purpose to say, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And you can use me. You can count on me, God. Amen? Amen. How does that happen? It happens through the local church. Amen. When I attend church, what does it do? It helps me begin to grow. But let me just give you some inside information. The Bible says that church... Helps you grow in your purpose. Well, purpose isn't idle. Purpose always helps you do something. And then, as you come to church, the Bible says that you hear the word of God. And in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word also. It says, Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. For if you do not become doers of the words, you deceive yourself because you look in a mirror and then you turn away and forget what manner of man that you were. What does that mean? It means I came, I found my purpose. I got excited. Woo! Praise God. God is good. But if I didn't become a doer and live and walk this out, I get on the merry-go-round and I turn around and walk away and forgot my purpose. And frustration comes back into my life. I struggle to know my purpose. There's a longing on the heart of every individual to discover and to know purpose. And let me just give you, again, some inside information. If it creates immediate gratification, it just might be an Ishmael. Because if we look at Abraham, God made the promise. He counted God faithful. 
but he walked it out and became a doer. And it took 25 years. Amen? God's called us to, to raise a great church. And it takes people with purpose. It won't happen overnight. It'll take time. But one thing that I do know, that you and I working together can live life loving God, loving people, and loving life, discovering purpose, and enjoying the journey along the way. Is there going to be bumps? Oh, yeah. That's part of the ride. Woo! That's his purpose. Have you ever rode the roller coaster? Come on, dare, I just dare you. Lift your hands in the bumps. There you go. Come on, let's stand. Did you get anything out of this this morning? You mean a lot to God. And God finds you so valuable. It doesn't matter what season you find yourself in life. God has purpose. And our purpose is to build family. To grow in our relationship with God. Because he said, in your purpose is joy for the journey. And I'm telling you what, you can't do it alone, can you? Because there's times that you feel like you're dragging and you just need somebody to hold your hand and pull you along the way. That's why we're here. Doing life together. So, let's do it. Amen? Let's do life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that, God, you've called us all to have purpose. <laughs> God, is there work involved? Sure. But we can enjoy it. Is there challenges along the way? Yes, but we can enjoy it because it's those challenges that stretch us and grow us. And, God, are there times of victory? Oh, yes. And those are the times that we'll celebrate. Are there times that we'll overcome? Yes. And that means that there's something to overcome and God will find joy in the journey because we've got purpose. God, I thank you that it's becoming more clear here at GVC. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life